There's a battle in Texas over requiring public schools to offer a Bible elective course. Who is winning? And Ruth Graham, daughter of Billy Graham, joins us to discuss ministering to those who feel marginalized within the church. Also, we'll have the latest on Blackwater. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. If anybody's going to win the nomination, somebody had better take her on, but I, I don't know how they take her on, I mean, without going to the left. That's Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. He's talking about Hillary Clinton. She is pulling away in fundraising. She is pulling away from Barack Obama in the polls. And she is set to be the Democratic nominee for President of the United States. Are you ready for President Hillary Clinton? We're going to take your calls on this. Yesterday, on this program... Lieutenant Colonel Buzz Patterson, a former senior military aide to President Bill Clinton, said he would be against a Clinton presidency. I can't imagine a worse possible scenario. I just cannot imagine <laughs> really? a worse possible scenario. I will why? vote for anybody. I'd vote for Bozo the Clown before I voted for Hillary Tell Clinton. Tell us why. Well, you know, I know the lady very well. I lived in the White House for two years with the, with the Clintons. I think they're both... Uh, very intelligent, very articulate people, but, I, uh, but I've seen them up close and personal. They're both very dishonest. I would go so far as to say that Mrs. Clinton uh, is a very vindictive, evil person. Mm. Um, and again, uh, this is a person that uh, was by her side for two years, and I, I just don't think we want her running the nation. I think we can do much better than that, and I think our troops deserve, certainly deserve much mm. better than her as our commander-in-chief. All right, that's Colonel Buzz Patterson. He used to work with and for the Clintons. And yes, some of that sounded kind of personal. Now, Newt Gingrich says if someone's going to beat Hillary Clinton, they're not going to be able to beat her on personal attacks. Let's take her as a very solid professional, competent person, and say, do we want to go, does America want to go where she would take America? All right. The question is, are you ready for a Hillary Clinton presidency? Because she is gaining Momentum. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. And, Penna, coming up in just a moment, we're going to hear a special report that shows how far ahead Hillary has. Is, she's pulling away from Obama. She is going, probably, going to be the nominee. 
And uh, we're also going to talk about the Republican dilemma because Giuliani seems to be pulling away now. And it seems like Giuliani is going to be the Republican nominee. He is for homosexual marriage. He is uh, for abortion. And uh, what are the Republicans, conservatives, going to do with the Republican nominee? Are you willing to hold your nose and vote for Giuliani? Are you going to vote for a third-party candidate? We're going to hear a special report about a possible third-party candidate. You don't want to miss this. But what else is up, Penna? Elections are always very interesting, Dr. Johnson. Uh, Also, though, today on the program, the Texas legislature passed a bill this year requiring public schools to offer a Bible curriculum. Now, there's a battle over implementing this bill, and Richard Ford, president of Heritage Alliance, is going to join us to talk about that and some other legislation that passed through the Texas House and Senate. Heritage Alliance is a group that works to get Christians involved in Texas politics. Also, Ruth Graham will join us. Now, she's the daughter of Billy Graham. Uh, Her mother, uh, Ruth Bell Graham, recently went home to be with the Lord. And Ruth says that there are people sitting in church pews everywhere who are really hurting, and we're going to uh, discuss with her ways to minister to these folks. All right, folks, already calling, already on the line, but let's go to this report about Hillary Clinton surging ahead in the polls. Clinton reports she raised $22 million this summer for her primary campaign. That's significantly more than Obama's $19 million and leads all presidential candidates from both parties. For the first time, Clinton reports attracting more new donors than Obama. The New York senator has now raised a total of $80 million for the 2008 race. That puts her on par with her Illinois colleague. The Clinton and Obama campaigns do not say how much money they actually have on hand, totals that would signal how well-positioned they are to compete in the three months left until the first primaries. John Belmont, Washington. All right, are you ready for Hillary Clinton as President of the United States? The number is 800-881-9270. In just a moment, what are the Republican prospects? There are problems there on the other side. But first, we go to Rick on the line. Rick, thank you for calling. What's your view? Oh, I think it would be terrible to have Hillary in there as uh, president. I think that would be the worst possible scenario. And what if you had to choose between Giuliani and Hillary? Or would you vote for a third-party candidate? Well, I would vote for Giuliani. Hmm. Wow, fascinating. Thanks for calling, Rick. We've got Sebastian on the line from Irving. Sebastian, thank you for calling. What's your view? Uh, well, Jerry, I think uh, Hillary will make a good president of the United States. And uh, I've been on this uh, show before. And uh, I-, I do listen to this uh, to this show very often, uh, Jerry. And uh, I do like your show. And I've been on this show here before uh, a couple of months ago when you started doing this polls on the uh, on the presidency coming out here. Yeah. And I have said it before that I do believe that Hillary will be the next president of the, mm. of the uh, United States. She may be. She's she's showing strong right now. Sebastian, what are the main reasons you support Hillary Clinton? Why do you think she would be a good president? Well, uh, Hillary, she she does have a lot of uh, uh, good traits here that 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 we can all you know acknowledge as uh, someone that will make a good president of the United States. And, and I do respect that everybody has their own opinion, and uh, politically, uh, socially, or even personally. But I mean, I've seen uh, seen the lady in action. I, I do believe she does have a lot of strength, you know, to lead this country where this country needs to go. Mm. Are you concerned about abortion or homosexual marriage or tax increases or socialized health care? Do you have any problems with her agenda? 
Well, I mean, uh, so far, you know, throughout, uh, you know, within all the candidates, I haven't really seen any perfect agenda yet. Uh, so, so I do believe that, you know, all, all the agendas out there, you know, are not perfect. You know, some of them need to, uh, some of them will show more strength, you know, than, than some other agendas. And, and I do believe that, uh, Hillary Clinton's agenda also needs, uh, some, some, uh, some areas there that needs more strength in there. But overall, I mean, the overall rating that I see. A lot of strengthening. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we got to go on, Sebastian, to the next caller. Thank you so much for calling in. Abraham is on the line. Abraham, thank you for calling. Do you agree with Sebastian? What do you think about Hillary for president? Yeah, I think she's going to be a terrific president. You know, one of the things that is really amazing to me was that uh, nine years ago, a pastor friend of mine in Houston, Texas, said he had a dream. And in the dream, he felt God told him that someday Hillary Clinton is going to be the first woman president in America. And I was amazed when she decided to run for president. Do you think that's a judgment on America in that dream, that this is a dream of judgment on our country, or is this going to be a blessing? Uh, I really don't know right now, because when you look at the crop of Republicans going for president, this is the worst that our party as a Republican has produced in, in a long time. Hey, Abraham, let's talk about that, because I'm going to go right now to a report. Um, some Christian conservatives are alarmed at the prospect of Rudy Giuliani and uh, that he could be the alternative choice. And here's Richard Vigory. If the Republican Party is going to nominate a man such as Rudy Giuliani, who's wrong on every single social issue, wrong on the Second Amendment, and is pretty much a blank slate on everything else, maybe it's time to put the Republican Party out of its misery. All right, that's Richard Vigory. Pena, um, Salon Magazine, World Net Daily has, has been commenting on a meeting that was held Saturday in Salt Lake City. Salon Magazine reports that James Dobson was there, Gary Bauer was there, Tony Perkins. It was... Um, uh, it says a powerful group of conservative Christian leaders decided <laughs> Saturday at a private meeting in Salt Lake City to consider a third-party candidate. Vigri uh, has been quoted in the Salt Lake City paper as being someone that was at the meeting. But, Penna, you were at that meeting. Well, you were there also. <laughs> I was, too. Uh, Tell everybody uh, what folks are thinking about. Well, it was an interesting meeting. People are seeing that Giuliani could be the nominee for the Republican Party. And of all the candidates, he has been very outspoken that he is pro-choice, pro-abortion. And so, uh, you know, people look at this a lot of different ways. Who are Republicans, who are conservative, especially on the social issues, they can say, okay, if we put Giuliani at the head of the Republican ticket, we could possibly, possibly, possibly beat the Democrats. Other people are saying, and I sort of agree with them, that pro-life is a winning issue. If a pro-abortion candidate runs against the Democrats, you're not going to get very much excitement out there among the evangelicals, mm. and they probably couldn't win. So there's a practice reason. Then there's another just heart reason that you heard from, from certain people at this meeting, and that is I could never vote or support a pro-abortion, uh, you know, a pro-homosexual candidate. So you had all kinds of people, and there was sort of a sense of agreement that was come to uh, that if 
the top of the Republican ticket is a pro-abortion candidate that people were going to try to look elsewhere. Mm. And it might be a third party. It might be a third independent force that would combine Republicans and Democrats on the social and economic issues. So, you know, this is a kind of a turning point here because we get the chance to choose our candidate. Uh, before the primaries, we get to start working toward the primary in whatever state we're in to choose a candidate. This is the time to get behind somebody we like because in November of next year, we're going to be voting on two candidates. We may not like and either of them. there are pro-life options. Uh, you've got Huckabee. You've got uh, Hunter and so forth. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, uh, call us, 800-881-9270. We've got callers waiting right now. Let's go to Candace and Plano. Candace, what do you make of all this? Well, you know what? I look at it this way. If you vote Hillary Clinton in presidency, you're looking at universal health care. Well, you get universal health care, you're going to take away your health care options. Yep. My family's all in the health care industry, and you know what? We look at, can- you know, they know people in Canada that are waiting for months for yep. surgeries that we can go right now and have. Mm. And that's not it. You're looking at universal daycare and things like that. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at these options, and I'm thinking it just makes me sick. She gets in the the White House, and you might as well just stock market's going to fall. A $5,000 bond for every baby that's born? Yeah, $5,000. That's insane. I'm sorry. The country can't do it unless we start taxing more people. My husband and me, middle-class family, if they tax us even more, we're not even going to be able to go to the grocery store where people that make less than us buy 20 bucks can go and get food stamps, and they're going to look at us, and they're going to laugh at us, and they're say, well, these government programs are out there for you, because that's what the Democratic Party's for. Well, I'm sorry. I don't support that at all. You know, you've given some really specific answers, and I find it interesting that we've had some callers that say they like Hillary, but they can't give a specific reason why they like her. But you've just listed three or four specific reasons why she would not be a good president, and there are a few more. David from Mesquite, thank you for calling. What's your view? Uh, well, Hillary gives me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, <laughs> if she's anything like her husband was when he was in office, his failures on the security front, uh, I'm, you know, I'm really afraid about how secure our nation could be. Well, uh, David, uh, you said the heebie-jeebies. Let's listen to Hillary Clinton in Selma <laughs> with that southern voice. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. Does that sound genuine? Does that sound authentic? Does that sound real? How real is that cackle laugh? If you've been listening and watching the news the last two or three days, Hillary Clinton has taken on a new strategy of just sort of cackling and laughing when someone asks a a difficult question. And so um, David says... She gives me the heebie-jeebies, so maybe this doesn't pass the smell test. Well, we've got another caller on the line. We'll try to take him when we come back. And we're going to talk about the Bible in the schools. And we'll talk with Ruth Graham, daughter of Evangelist Billy Graham, when we come back. And we'll take more of your calls later. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. When I walk into the Oval Office in January 2009, I'm afraid I'm going to lift up the rug and I'm going to see so much stuff under there. You know, what is it about us always having to clean up after people? That's Hillary Clinton saying that she will have to clean up. I remember when someone asked President Bush the first thing he would do when he became president after Bill Clinton, he says, I'm going to give the White House, the Oval Office, a good scrub down. So uh, that goes both ways of remembering the Bill Clinton presidency. Well, what do you think about Hillary Clinton as president? We've got Jake on the line. He's holding. Jake, what's your view? Hey, Dr. Johnson. Well, I have a view, and then I have a question for you. I want to kind of get your insight on something also, okay? All right. Well, uh, first of all, I'm reading a book by R.C. Sproul about theology, and his whole basis is uh, in in regards to the gentleman, Sebastian, they called earlier, and how you view the world and how you view things. And if your theology is correct, then everything else you view should be by that theology. Yeah. And it seems like that with Hillary and stuff, it's all humanism. It's all based on, mm. if you look at her views and where she stands on abortion, where she stands on, 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 on homosexuality and things like that, her view is just totally wrong. And it, and it conflicts with that of the Bible, uh, with the biblical worldview. And so um, I, I obviously am not for uh, her by any means. A question I have for you, though, is, um, and I'm not really for him, but I'm kind of curious, I don't know much about him, I want to get your idea on him, on, is Ron Paul... And uh, he, uh, one of the debates, they almost laughed him off the stage when they mm-hmm. said, "Well, Mr. Mr. Paul, you want to take away the FBI and the CIA and Homeland Security?" Right, I remember that. And and you know, it was pretty humorous at first. And at first, I thought, "Well, who is this nut?" And then I got to thinking in his statement. He said, "Well, let the military do their job." And 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 I'm not really for the guy, but I'm curious as to uh, All right, he's Jake. a libertarian. We'll talk about that. Let's 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 hit it. I'll tell you what. I want to take this in two parts. You've asked a two-part question. The first part I'll answer right now. You talked about the importance of a worldview, a theology of a doctrine, and how it informs the way you vote, the way you would govern. And you're right. There's a way of viewing things Christianly, and that is that uh, government is not God, and uh, government is not going to take care of us, and that we have liberty, we have certain freedoms, and these are things that come because we're made in God's image. We, we have the freedom, uh, the right to life, the right to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as the Declaration says, as gifts from God. Government can't give these things. Government can't take them away. There's another view that really the state takes care of you, and I think that is a humanistic kind of worldview, that, uh, that uh, the nanny state, it takes a village And uh, again, that view also um, does not hold to the sanctity of human life, 
and the sanctity of marriage as between a man and a woman. And Hillary Clinton falls on that side of the aisle. She doesn't believe marriage is between a man and a woman, necessarily. She doesn't believe in the sanctity of innocent human life. She is pro-abortion. And I think her worldview is, uh, even though she is a Christian in name and identification, I don't think she's thinking Christianly about these topics. She's not thinking biblically. Now, let's talk about Ron Paul later, because here's what we're going to do. We're equal opportunity broadcasters here. We've talked about Hillary in this first segment. And in our latter segments today, we're going to talk about Giuliani, the front runner for the Republicans. And so hold on. We'll take calls later in the program to talk about the conservative conundrum with Giuliani. What do we do with Rudy Giuliani? But we've got another topic coming up right now. Well, Dr. Johnson, you've been talking about the Christian worldview of government and the culture, and our next guest certainly has that worldview. He is Richard Ford. He's a longtime force in Texas politics. He heads up an organization called Heritage Alliance, which exists to protect faith, family, and freedom through legislation and elections. Heritage Alliance has an event coming up October 11th, and Richard Ford is with us. Richard, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Penner. Thank you for having me. Well, Richard, uh, first we want to talk about some of the things that Heritage Alliance accomplished in the last legislative uh, session in Texas. Uh, Some of our listeners don't know that in Texas, the legislature meets once every other year. It met earlier this year, and there was a piece of legislation that your organization, Heritage Alliance, actually had a great hand in writing and getting passed, having to do with the Bible as an elective in public schools. Tell us about it. Well, we were very pleased to uh, have the opportunity to do that, and we started talking about it uh, almost a year ago, and we contacted uh, Warren Chisholm uh, from Tampa. He is the second most uh, powerful man in the uh, state legislature as chairman of the Appropriations Committee, and he graciously agreed to uh, to carry that bill. And the bill number was HB 1287. And basically what it did is that it requires the local independent school districts to offer an elective course on the Bible. And now they don't have to teach it if if there aren't 15 students that are interested in it, but they have to offer it, and if those 15 students sign up for it, then they have to teach it. This is high school. This is in high school, yes. And it is an elective. They don't have to take it, but the school districts do have to offer it. And right now, the... uh, the bill has actually it's gone to the State Board of Education for clarification, but they've sent it over to the Attorney General because it's kind of a, a hot potato. But So there's you know, a little trouble even implementing this then? A, a little bit, although it seems like it's well written now. Uh, the uh, Kelly Shackelford uh, with Free Market Foundation helped to, to fine-tune it. So we're very confident that we've got some good legislation there. And, of course, at the same time that we were doing this, uh, Time magazine came out with a front uh, page cover story about how the Bible should be taught just so that students can have a, a basic education. They, they pointed out that, uh, like Shakespeare, there are 1,300 references to the Bible in Shakespeare. And yet English students today, if they don't have that biblical background, they, they know... They, they can't really understand a lot of the great works. Okay, now, Richard, this is already being taught in Texas and has been for years. So, in a sense, this legislation was to say 
Every school should offer it if 15 students or more will sign up for it. And so we're going through this process. I know there's even a lawsuit uh, with regard to it in uh, West Texas. But this is just one effort for maybe to get the Christian, I don't know, worldview, not promoting or proselytizing, but just, you know, kind of giving us a fair shake and getting some uh, things that have traditionally been part of our uh, curriculum back into it. Am I correct? That's correct. Basically, the, the purpose of the bill says that uh, it is to teach students knowledge of biblical content, characters, poetry, and narratives that are prerequisites to understanding contemporary society and culture, including literature, art, music, uh, oratory, public policy, etc. So it's just, it cannot be taught to proselytize, but it can be taught as an academic course. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Richard Ford. He's president of Heritage Alliance. We're talking about the cover story of Time Magazine, Why We Should Teach the Bible in Public School. But in parentheses underneath that penna, they have, but very, very carefully. Richard, mm-hmm. you've been talking about that carefully. That is, we don't want these teachers teaching doctrine or theology. Um, but uh, let me ask you this, uh, Richard. How are these teachers going to talk about the nature of Scripture? Do you feel like... Uh, that's going to be a gray line there? When they, is this going to be uh, historical fact, or is it going to be taught strictly as literature? Um, what do you think about that? Well, of course, the key, as you know, as a, as a teacher, that the key is the teacher is, uh, the key is the teacher in any course. Hmm. And so I'm sure that they're going to be good and bad teachers, but yeah. the legislation itself says it's got to be taught in an objective manner. And I think that most people, most teachers, will try to do that in a fair manner. And my feeling is that uh, if we get that taught, then it's going to help the students from a multiple uh, perspective. Are there any guidelines to kind of make sure that they they stay on that objective straight and narrow and don't go to the right or to the left? Because they really could go to the right and start preaching um, and talking about their church or their doctrine of baptism or whatever, or and they could go to the left and start engaging in higher criticism of Scripture and saying, well, Jonah really wasn't in the belly of that whale, and there was no real Noah's Ark. Or, so how, are there any kind of guidelines to keep this thing down the right track here? It is written in the, the uh, legislation that they will be, it will be taught in an objective manner. And then I know that the State Board of Education will be setting up some type of parameters, I, I'm sure, and, of course, the different local school districts. But, again, that is why you have a lawsuit going on in, in Odessa right now, because there are people saying, no, it's being taught too much from a uh, proselytizing view, and others saying, no, it's being taught in an academic view. And so you, you're going to have some lawsuits out there that will help clear, clarify the lines and draw the lines. Richard Ford is with us. His organization is Heritage Alliance. Uh, lots of other things that uh, Heritage Alliance helped get done in this session. And Richard, you've got an event coming up next week on the 11th. Tell us about it, and how can people find out more? Oh, we're delighted with this in that uh, we've been keeping voting records on the state legislature since 1985. And the, the way that the uh, legislature has been moving to the conservative side has been encouraging. For instance, in uh, 2003, we had only two legislators out of all 181 that scored at a 90% or higher. Two years ago in 05, we had 10, and this year we have 16. So we want to honor those, and you know, 
we are blessed in this country, in this state, greatly. And I think if you ask most of your listeners, say, what do you cherish the very, very most? And if they think about it, almost every time I've asked them, they say, I cherish my faith, my family, and generally they'll say their freedom. Mm-hmm. We're out of time, Richard. We've got to go. Thursday, October 11th. And HeritageAlliance.com is your website. They can sign up. HeritageAlliance.com. It ought to be a great event. Mm. Thank you so much. Well, I think high school students should know about the Bible. The Bible is literature. You can't understand Western civilization, our way of life, if you do not understand the basic worldview presupposed in the Bible. Coming up, Ruth Graham, daughter of Billy Graham. Are you hurting? Do you know someone who is hurting? We'll talk about it when we come back. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. If the Republican Party is going to nominate a man such as Rudy Giuliani, who's wrong on every single social issue, wrong on the Second Amendment, and is pretty much a blank slate on everything else, maybe it's time to put the Republican Party out of its misery. All right, that's Richard Vigory, conservative activist. He's commenting on the fact that Giuliani is pro-homosexual marriage, pro-abortion. One of the issues that um, conservative Christians have been concerned about is the sanctity of human life. So we're going to talk about that presidential race in just a few minutes. But, uh, a a lot of Christians, uh, real politically active, uh, but maybe not thinking about practical ways that they can help uh, preserve the sanctity of human life, and so that's what uh, groups like the Downtown Pregnancy Center mm-hmm. are all about. How can we protect life right here, right now, in our community? Well, there are political ways, and there are practical ways, and certainly these pregnancy centers are a very practical way, and as you mentioned, Dr. Johnson, the Downtown Pregnancy Center in Dallas is having a gala coming up uh, Saturday, October 13th at 6.30 at the Ad- Adolphus Hotel, and people who are interested in this can actually call two one. Four nine six nine two four three three. The guest will be our guest on today's program, Ruth Graham. She is the daughter of Billy and Ruth Graham, and uh, she says that when you enter the church on Sunday, everybody may be smiling, but you can be sure many people are hurting. Uh, Ruth Graham has uh, written several books, and uh, one of them is "In Every Pew Sits a Broken Heart." Also, uh, "I'm Pregnant Now What." Heartfelt, heartfelt advice on getting through an unplanned pregnancy. So you want to adopt? Now what? Legacy of loves. Uh, legacy of love. Things I learned from my mother, and legacy of faith. Things I learned from my father. Wow, uh, Ruth. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is very true that in every pew uh, sits a broken heart or two, isn't it? There's no question. I have, you know I often say that it's not just one, but it's several broken hearts. And uh, so you are uh, a guest at a pregnancy center um, banquet gala, and uh, so I imagine that in those pews, many of those broken hearts are people that are either facing a crisis pregnancy situation or have had an abortion in the past, and there's some grief, some residual over that. That's right, and or there are people there that just want to know how to 
touch the lives of those that are affected by crisis pregnancy or abortion. And uh, I believe the ministry is very close to God's heart because it's about life. And uh, my daughter went through two uh, unwed pregnancies, and it was very difficult. But I speak from experience, and, and I know how um, the community, the church, uh, schools treated us. And I want to address the issue. I have addressed the issue, um, I think, with, with honesty and with love and grace. And that we really, if we are going to encourage to life, then we need to support these young women who are very courageous. Not that we condone what they did, but they are very courageous because they carry to life in a society that tells them they do not have to. And, uh, and if we're going to encourage them, then let's support them. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Ruth Graham. She's going to be speaking at the Downtown Pregnancy Center gala event. It's October the 13th. Uh, Ruth, I want to pick up on something you said about how the schools and the community reacted. Maybe even the churches reacted. They don't know how to react. Talk to us about uh, our culture and the way of people have been programmed to, to react to uh, unwed pregnancies, unwed mothers, and uh, really how we ought to act, how Christians ought to be salt and to be light. Well, Jerry, I want to take my cues from Jesus. Mm. And Jesus was always very tender with a repentant sinner. He was also extremely tender with sexual sin. He was very harsh with religious leaders. And I think that, uh, the, and I, d- I don't want to paint too wide a brush, but sure. by and large, the church tends to look askance mm. at young girls who come in unwed, their little tummies begin to pooch out, and we sit with our pride and our self-righteousness, which God absolutely hates and condemns. Mm. But we can hide it with our smiles and our Sunday best. Uh, but we look askance at these little girls, and these little girls, and for every little girl there's a boy, you know, or every woman who has an unplanned pregnancy, um, we need to embrace them, not condone, but embrace them, love them, support them, encourage them, guide them, um, because I think too often they feel ashamed. Um, I know in my daughter's situation, she had enough shame to go around for several people, and she didn't need other people to shame her or shun her. And my pastor at the time said, you know, look, she's in rebellion, pack up her things, put them on the doorstep, and lock the door. And I, I knew my daughter was not in rebellion. She was looking for love, the love that her father did not give her. And so she was looking for love in all the wrong places, but she was not in rebellion. She was just in a great deal of pain. And needless to say, I, I no longer go to that church. But I, it taught me a lesson. And, and at one point, I called my small group that I was involved with, and I said, you know, please pray for me. We have a family crisis. I didn't explain what the crisis was. No one in the small group called me. And a year later, when I went to the church, they said, we heard what happened, we heard about what happened, and we realized that you are Billy Graham's daughter. You have lots of resources. That is mm. so out of bounds, because it doesn't matter whose family it is. I don't yes. care if you're the president's daughter, the That's judge's right. daughter, the people pastor's people. daughter. You need loving support and you don't need people that are going to come into your family and look around and look for the details and start gossiping you need genuine people who are going to stand with you to pray with you for you love you and i had a sweet group of friends who once the baby was was born and actually the first baby was released for adoption gave my daughter a shower a personal shower bubble baths gave her a, a 
gift certificate to learn a craft. They were wonderful, you know, and they applauded her for what she had done because she had given birth to a baby and given life. Let me pick up on that a little bit because yeah. you are going to speak at the Downtown Pregnancy Center Gala. And, uh, you know, these pregnancy centers, uh, I think, can go right along with the church. As you say, the church needs to embrace uh, these young girls because if uh, they don't, a lot of times they'll have abortions uh, in order mm-hmm. to basically right. just get rid of the problem. So then you've got the pregnancy center also that comes alongside. And this is such an important ministry because we can all stand against abortion uh, as much as we want to, but uh, there's still a situation where there are, you know, young girls out there in these situations, and uh, they've got to be helped, don't they? That's, Ed, there's no question. There's no question these little girls and their families and the young men. Um, and when we invest in their lives, it's an inter- eternal investment. And we're investing not only in the young woman, but the child and very often the young man. And this is not a woman's ministry. Because I, as I, I was speaking at a, at a, a center Friday night, um, and I encouraged the men to volunteer because these young women have very often been betrayed by men. They have been abused by men. They don't know what a Christian man is mm. supposed to look like. And so we need men to volunteer, men to step up to the plate and say, okay, I'm going to be an example of what these young girls need to look for in a man because these young women are involved in relationships that are unhealthy. And we need to see what healthy relationships look like. Ruth Graham is the author of the book, I'm Pregnant, Now What? Heartfelt Advice on Getting Through an Unplanned Pregnancy. She'll be speaking at the Downtown Pregnancy Center Gala event. It's Saturday, October 13. The number is 214-969-2433. That's 214-969-2433. And you ought to go to this event and support this ministry. Ruth, thank you. We appreciate your family. We've had Franklin on the air. And we appreciate Anne and your father and your mother. And uh, what a great heritage and legacy you have in ministry. Well, and I love Dallas. I'll be down there. And and I have family in Dallas. I lived there for six years. So I'm looking forward to coming down. Thanks so much, Ruth. Thank you. All right. You know, I remember several years ago, there was a female student at Baylor University who got pregnant. And the university said, you either get an abortion or, and you can stay, or if you carry this baby to term, you're out. It's tragic. It was a tragedy. And, um, you know, and it's not unique to that university, but uh, the church um, needs to be the church in this situation. So it's not just about, you know, telling people what's right and what's wrong, but it's also about loving them and taking care of them and, and um, being there to support them. Well, we've been talking about abortion and the sanctity of innocent human life. And if we really believe what we say we believe about unborn children, uh, it's really hard for conservative Christians to compromise on the issue of abortion. Now, earlier we were talking about a possible Hillary Clinton candidacy. Uh, Now, equal time to the Republicans. It looks like Rudy Giuliani is still the front runner. And actually, he's gaining on Romney in the primary, the early states, Iowa, New Hampshire. Romney was way ahead a month or two ago. Giuliani is catching up. And so it's looking more and more likely that Giuliani could be the candidate. And if you've read the papers today, even in Quick here locally, there's a report of a meeting of conservative leaders in Salt Lake City, Utah, who are thinking if, if Giuliani is the candidate, 
uh, we may have to go with someone else. Now, here's Rudy Giuliani on the issue of choice. There are people, millions and millions of Americans, who are as of good conscience as we are, who make uh, a different choice about abortion. And I think in a country where you want to keep government out of people's lives, or government out of people's lives from the point of view of coercion, you have to respect that. All right, so he's arguing for choice. Well, somebody could have said that about slavery, too, 100 years ago. And, of course, if you believe this is a human life made in God's image, there can be no language about an option of choice when it comes to a human life living or dying. But that's Rudy Giuliani. Now we're opening up the lines when we come back. 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Would you vote for Rudy if it's Rudy versus Hillary? Or perhaps you're supporting Fred Thompson. He's gaining in the polls. He came into the race uh, last month. Newt has announced he's not running. Uh, what about Huckabee? What about Duncan Hunter? Who do you support? Would you support Giuliani over Hillary under any circumstances. James Dobson says no way for him. What about you? This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. There must be public funding for abortions for poor women. We cannot deny any woman the right to make All right, that's decision. enough of that. That's Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York City. He's running for president of the United States. He's running right now in the lead for the Republican nomination. Others are close. Thompson's got a shot at it. McCain lagging behind. Uh, perhaps Huckabee coming up from the second tier to the first tier. It's very interesting. I, I'm beginning to hear Huckabee now. Uh, bunched with the top three. When I hear Newt or others talk about the race, they're putting Huckabee in that top tier. Can he uh, move on up? We'll see. But what do you think about Giuliani versus Hillary? That's the real question because Salon.com and uh, the uh, World, World Net, Net Daily, Daily article mm-hmm. uh, reported about the conservative leaders in Salt Lake City on Saturday a meeting with Tony Perkins, James Dobson, Gary Bauer, Penna Dexter was there, and Jerry Johnson was there. <laughs> these folks saying, "Hey, if Giuliani's the candidate, can we really, as Christian conservatives, support this? Can we vote for?" And James Dobson said, "Absolutely no way." He's gone on record. Well, we've got Charles on the line from Dallas. Charles, what do you think? Well, I'm, I have some some concerns about this third party, 
And and my biggest concern, even though I don't support Giuliani at all, is that does this not divide the conservative vote and almost guarantee uh, Hillary Clinton a, a win? Yes, Charles, I think you're right. Uh, the practical, real politic result of dividing the vote would probably be, uh, on human terms, that Hillary would be the president. You can look at Perot and Bush versus Clinton. You can look at Teddy Roosevelt uh, splitting the Republican Party back when he went off with the bull moose thing and um, uh, McKinley was elected. Uh, I mean, not McKinley, but, um, oh, I forget now, the Democrat back then. Was it Wilson? But in any case, any time you've had the third-party candidate, it, it ends up handing the election um, to the opposite party that was not split. I don't think anybody's under the illusion that a third-party candidate would be elected. It would probably end up in electing the Democrats if uh, a third party was started with, say, a pro-life candidate. But I think there are certain people, certain leaders are saying, we are really sick of being an appendage of the Republican Party. They use us to get elected, and then they ignore our wishes in many cases, and especially putting a pro-abortion candidate at the top of the ticket. And so, uh, you know, some folks say, you know, it's better just to get people and, and kind of encourage people to vote their conscience this time. Other people are saying, well, let's just, you know, make a statement here that it's a year out from the election. We want to push for somebody else to move up to the top of the Republican Yeah, there's ticket. still time in the mm-hmm. primary process. There are three or four strong pro-life candidates that would be legitimate options. Tina on the line from Dallas. Tina, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Um, yes, um, Dr. Johnson. I like to say, uh, just from a little bit different perspective, I'm an African American female. So when it comes to voting for me, I'm extremely excited that we have a diversity candidate choice in the Democratic Party between Hillary and Senator Obama. However, being a Christian, I'm in a difficult position because I want to vote my Christian values. Yes. Neither of those represent that. Um, and as far as Giuliani, I could never vote for him for the same reason. Sadly enough, I'm most closely aligned with uh, Romney in terms of Christian values, but, of course, the history of the Mormon Church and African Americans (laughs) eliminates him. So just a quagmire, and you end up voting for the best of the worst is what I think is going to (laughs) come I guess that's politics, isn't it? Well, it is, you know, the lesser of uh, two or three evils. And um, I think there are a lot of voters right now that feel like Tina. They don't see someone they can feel excited about. But you can, uh, you can know that on marriage and on abortion, that fundamentally Hillary Clinton and Rudy Giuliani are going to take the same position. And that is the real difficult pill for people to swallow. Mary on the line from Colony. Mary, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Well, um, I think at this point Hillary was totally against the military um, uh, support when they were in in uh, presidents in the presidency. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um so you know, I would definitely be praying for Rudy that God change his heart, um but at this time I would probably put my uh prayers and vote towards um uh Huckabee. Huckabee, Huckabee. Well, yeah. again, I hear a lot of people, Mary, mm-hmm. uh saying they like Huckabee. You know, these political analysts on TV after the debates, they always say, well, he had the best one-liners, or he got the most laughs, or he connected with the audience more than anyone. And, you know, he may have a chance, being that this 
campaigning season has started so early, he may have time to win over people one or two at a time. That is percentage points. He is gaining now. He is breaking into double digits now in some of these polls. Uh, What about Fred Thompson out there? You know, uh, I was very surprised in World Magazine to see, and of course this email went around a couple of weeks ago, that James Dobson said about Fred Thompson, quote, he has no passion, he has no zeal, and no apparent want to. You know, I've seen Thompson, and when he acts... It's very strong. It's very forceful. When he speaks at campaign events, he's more reserved. He's more lackadaisical. He's more laid back. And uh, uh, Dobson says, well, he opposed the constitutional amendment on marriage. And uh, and then to, uh, Dobson said he can't speak his way out of a paper bag. But uh, That's going a little far. <laughs> I think maybe it is. But um, Thompson has a strong pro-life record in the Senate. He has, I think, a 100% rating in terms of voting pro-life. Now, he supported McCain-Feingold, but in any case, on strictly pro-life issues, he has a strong record of voting for human life in the Senate. Now, on the issue of marriage, you mentioned that he opposed the federal marriage amendment. He says it should be left to every state, and uh, a lot of the pro-family leaders think that's ridiculous because how can you have a different uh, definition of marriage in every state and it's not going to end up that way? So that's an issue that's important to a lot of folks. Well, and he's saying, based upon federalism, I don't want the federal government telling mm-hmm. the states what to do. And we had a caller earlier who talked about Ron Paul. We need to address that question. You know, Ron Paul has the right instincts on a lot of issues. That He, he doesn't trust big government. I think that's a good instinct. He trusts the individual. He believes that, you know, we'll have a better society when there's more freedom and more liberty and less government. It's not the government's job to provide health care. It's not the government's job to re- do retirement. It's not the government's job to do education. And uh, that local and state governments can can do these, uh, and we ought to do for ourselves, and that we ought to be self reliant. But I think um, the problem with Ron Paul is that um, on some of the social issues, while personally he might take one position, he tends more libertarian on some of these issues, mm-hmm. and conservatives are not going to support Ron Paul because of that libertarian streak on the social And he doesn't issues. want us involved in other countries or in really having much of a, uh aggressive foreign policy. All right, folks, tomorrow we're going to have an expert on the Koran, the entire hour on the Koran. Is Islam a religion of peace or is it a religion of violence? Let me just say this. Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, Render unto God the things which are God's. In a government of, for, and by the people, you have a role as Caesar. Have you ever thought about that? Self-government requires in democracy that Christians render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, that Christians be involved, be engaged in self-government. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.